I have a large bottle of cider open. We have right. ice clinking. Can only mean one thing. It's a shooting the shit episode. That's right. Uh, how are we going to start this out? Um, I thought we could do a tarot. I just kind of feel like doing tarot right now. All right. We're going to start it out witchy. Uh, I guess I have to come up with something then, right? I have to. Um, we can do like a more generic one. We can do a past, present, future. We can do like just some cards for the week. We can do. Dude. Yeah. Let's do cards for the week. If that works. But for our listeners. <gasps> oh, I like that. Let's read our listeners. Tarot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay. Let me start shuffling. Our listeners, a microcosm of the working class itself, so <laughs> you can read that into it as well. The international working class. Yeah. And the youth. The utes. The utes. What is a ute? Almost done. I have small hands, so it takes me a long time to shuffle tarot cards because they're quite large. Okay. All right, community. Let's see what we have coming. Past, present. No, cards for the week. Okay. So what do you do there? Is that by day or is it? I just do three. And like the first one's the main thing and the other ones are like supporting details. Mm, It's not an official one. It's just what I do. Ooh, off the books. Okay. (laughs) Custom. All right. First is 10 of pentacles reversed. Okay. So pentacles are all about like wealth. But it doesn't always have to be money. It can be like security and like family abundance, that kind of thing. It can be different kinds of wealth. But let's see, 10. I don't remember what 10 means. Let me look it up. Okay. <laughs> uh, the dark side of wealth, financial failure or loss. Wait, but it's reversed or is it's, that what So that's reversed. reversed. That's reversed. Huh. Maybe they're talking about Amazon's supposed to be laying off 10,000 okay, workers I or thought, something. I thought the same thing. Like, I think some businesses are going to tank this week. <laughs> well, have you seen the thing about um, about people posting fake authenticated Twitter Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's insane over there. Twitter is just stocks. A, It is bananas. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> I can't leave. It's just like I'm, there's a room on fire, and I'm just like, this is great. <laughs> but it's funny because the two instances I've seen, I, don't, I didn't check them out, so I don't know if they're real, but someone posted one that was like some pharmaceutical company was yeah, that, making insulin. insulin that one was real as far as i know it was real people are treating it like it's real and then the other one was a lockheed martin one that said <laughs> we're no longer going to do arms sales to saudi arabia or israel uh maybe some other country but you know uh, pending their civil rights abuses or whatever and apparently their stock went down too it was like huh like Pretty telling. When good things happen, <laughs> stocks fall. <laughs> I mean, it's telling that those are the the places that people went after. Like we we know, right? Like we, we know, know the, who bad the bad guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how I interpret this. Maybe this is more of a reading for the country. Like mm, some shit's gonna happen. You mean Brandon doesn't have the economy fixed? Brandon doesn't have his fucking pants fly zipped. So probably <laughs> not. Let's see. When you surround yourself with expensive things and live a luxurious lifestyle, you may want more and more and more, never feeling satisfied with what you can have. Oh, goodness. Okay. Mm. They're calling out the Imperial Corps. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have, you know, listeners from wherever. So it's just also like 
a call to steel oneself against the temptations of bourgeois life, you know. Don't forget which whose side you're on. I like that interpretation. Okay, next. Four of cups. Ooh, cups are a water sign, usually about relationships and emotions and sometimes community. I like cups usually. But this one, like the guy on it looks sad, so let's find out. <laughs> Four cups, that's too many cups. <laughs> too many cups, but not enough cups. Mm, I like this though. Meditation, contemplation, apathy, reevaluation. Okay, so like maybe as things get more chaotic financially, take a step back, reevaluate. What are we doing here, guys? Yeah, how did we get here? What's happening and what's what are the mm, causes or uh-huh. and what are the remedies, you know? Important to uh, like we we sometimes say here, you don't want to be a theory bro and say like dude, just go read theory, but as a communist, you want to know and take time to learn, take time to step back and figure out, okay, what, what is, what is actually happening and what makes the world work so that when these things happen, you have actual insight to it and can do something about it. I think that tracks, I'm reading this description more and it's talking about like making yourself open to new ideas. So like, Mm. I think we have to do some unlearning and like, and then some learning. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm into that. Yeah. All right, let's do one more. Seven of wands reversed. I like wands. They're usually fiery and fun, usually about creativity. Uh, But what does a reversey mean in this case? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Let's see. Exhaustion, giving up, overwhelmed. Oh, no. This might be the the dress rehearsal for the revolution. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. External pressure is weighing you down, leaving you to doubt yourself and whether everything is worth it. No, guys, remember the the first two cards. <laughs> well, what about this? So maybe if it's the or is the order super important? Um, typically I view the first one as like the primary and the other two, like what I do in my personal reading, sometimes the first card is enough and I'm like, I got the message I needed from that. And yeah. then I keep drawing cards to add more clarity, usually stopping at three. If I'm like very confused i might do a fourth one like or or very upset with the result i might do a fourth one like please can i get something good um but yeah okay so but like the second two are just kind of together they're not they're they're elements that that are in the situation i guess whereas i view the first one is maybe the situation well you know what they say about like time in the wilderness Mm. and i feel like the american left and maybe more broadly the left has been in the wilderness or continues to find ourselves there. I am exhausted. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, we're exhausted. We continuously, you know, as Rosa was talking about last week, you, 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 the, you see these kind of fits and spurts of attempts at, at left wing things that, that are dashed, but it's important to like step back and to realize in the bigger picture that like, these can be parts of building up our movement overall so that eventually we have like a successful revolution. All right. I'm reading more here and I think 
I think this tracks because this is also, it's not just about like, hey, give up or whatever. <laughs> um, it's a reminder um, to like draw a line in the sand and say what you stand for. Um, like, this is who I am and this is what I need. No compromise or negotiation holding your ground. Okay. okay. Maybe we need to fucking nut up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's something to that too of, right, the struggles never won of the struggles never had in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like, yeah, we're exhausted, but we need to come together and fight. Right. Yeah. And crucially, while we're taking stock or whatever, we're not like looking for people to get like on our side, you know, who are we fighting? We're fighting the enemy, we're finding ways to come together rather than to be like, oh, you're in this particular sect and you have this one particular idea about this one thing. Like, it's important eventually to get that stuff right, y'all, but... We need to get the first, basics of first. <laughs> first, We're we struggling. really need to, like, save our entire planet. So, <laughs> oh, kind of a yeah. tall order. All right, I like that reading. I like it too. Okay, a little dark, but, you know, we're going to get there. We're going to use those torches to light our way through. <laughs> Welcome to the left, a little dark. It's, <laughs> everything is doomed, but we're still trying to fight our way out. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of our dark world, um, I have a tendency to totally shut it out and ignore it, which is not, you know, it's healthy, <laughs> but it's not great. You mean like not getting news updates or reading about what's happening here's the thing this is really i mean i'm sure this is how most people interact with it i don't really do a lot of news i mostly just do twitter so like i'll get like the reactions to things without like the information all right you made such a face at me (laughs) well it's that's that's uh that's a real vibe i don't Uh know Um, Okay, that's one approach. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so that being said, I have two big stupid questions for you this week. All right, let's hear them. All right, the first one, what the fuck happened or is happening still in Ukraine? Can you give me the dummies guide to Ukraine, please? Just recently, right? No, I mean like the whole fucking shitbang. Not like Ukraine's entire history, but the whole conflict for the past like year or so. I have not been paying attention. Well... It's a lot. Uh, (laughs) High level, like very high level. You do not have to be like specific at all. Long, uh, you know, there's a long history to it. We're not going to get into all that. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward. Fast forward to essentially to 2014 is kind of the recent history of this. Russia uh, annexed some territory from... Oh, was that the Crimea? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. And that was a big deal. Did they ever give that back or are they they just the, straight up? No, they didn't. Um, <laughs> okay. They annexed it because like there were pro-Russian separatists there. They were like, yeah, go Russia. And so like the whole thing is very complicated because of its lengthier history. I mean, Tsarist time, like Ukraine was just like part of the whole empire thing and Soviet Union. It was one of the Soviet socialist republics. So there's a really complicated history there. And the nationalist side of Ukraine is also has a complicated history too. There are regular nationalists there who just want to have like an independent country. But aren't there also Nazis? Yeah. There's also like fascist kind of associations and stuff within that. Again, not to say everyone involved in that is 
for sure. Okay, but okay. That's just an aspect of it that gets focused on or gets banned from conversation <laughs> depending on, you know, who you're listening to. Okay. So that's like part of the backdrop. But anyway, in 2014, Russia annexed Crimea from Ukraine. That caused big tensions and, and essentially just like uh, unmarked Russian troops uh, going in to, to, to secure the area or what have you. Some mercs. Uh, yeah. Uh, then later, so that was kind of like a long-term occupation thing. Then later, 2021 is when the now Ukraine stuff started to kind of gain steam when uh, Ukraine was talking more and more about joining NATO. Okay. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization. They're not in the North Atlantic. Well, no, but yeah, lots that that expanded. So that was oh, like okay. the Cold was, War project. <laughs> just making aimed, sure that I understood. <laughs> yeah, no, NATO was like the military alliance. Now, the New York Times crossword will call it a peacemaking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or something. And I'm like, what are you talking? <laughs> NATO? This is a military alliance. Anyway, it's a military alliance. That was aimed at the Soviet Union back in the Cold War. It yes, was like the okay, anti-Warsaw yes. Pact thing. But it stayed afterward. Strange stuff. Because like Russia, post the fall of the Soviet Union, wanted to like join NATO and they wouldn't let them. Cute. It was, it was this big thing. Sounds like it's just like an anti-Russia club. Kind of, yeah. Uh, it's bizarre why it's still around, to be honest. Because there's no more Soviet Union to point it at. But. Now it's like an anti-Russia club. Anyway. Which, like, whatever. I mean, no, not yeah, good, Russia's, but also... I mean, uh, yeah, Russia also sucks. Yeah, so. like, uh, Putin, bad guy. Ukraine was talking about joining NATO. Some, You know, there was just, like, kind of rumors and stuff, and Putin was like, absolutely not. Because they're a pretty, like... They were pretty kind of antagonistic, I guess, uh... In terms of, well, Russia basically just didn't want NATO on their border. Okay. Uh, like right there, because it's an anti-Russia club. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah. So they and Belarus is really like these are hand in hand with Russia. They're very buddy buddy. Uh, they start like massing up troops and stuff, and and making threats and saying basically, you better never join nato or else and it was this big thing i don't know if you remember this but everyone was talking about like oh russia's about to invade ukraine this is a huge deal and then like lots of people on the left were saying and i believed this there's no way like that pot that can't possibly happen like that's insane this sounds familiar they're a normal country why would they do this like this would be an incredible mistake. This is just, you know, the U S defense department trying to gin something up below and behold, that was the <laughs> wrong take. Uh, Russia totally invaded. They like recognized a couple of territories, I guess, or like States, you know, like they recognized the California and Oregon of Ukraine. <laughs> we'll take those. I'm not talking any political lines. I'm just making up. <laughs> yeah, states, just, just states. a chunk. They picked a, a couple of states and said, hey, yeah, these are the Donetsk People's Republic and the Luhansk People's Republic. 
and they're you know they're independent from Ukraine, and we're going to go make sure that they are stay independent wow. with their military. Okay, just kind of like carving them out, basically. Yeah, you know, and there there was you know there were a lot of pro-Russian people there and everything. And so that's when they started what they called a special military operation, what the rest of the world just calls like the invasion of Ukraine. And yeah, then it gets into this whole long war, which has kind of had its back and forth sort of thing. And currently, as we're recording, it seems like Russia's more on its heels, mm. getting driven out of uh, Kherson, I think was the, I couldn't point it out to you on a map, but the l- latest city slash region to be uh rolled back so that's what's going on now okay what other dimensions are you curious about in this that's like the big you know overview (laughs) i mean i think that's that's the main one and and i don't know i think it's i think the media treatment of it is interesting just because it is like like everyone's like there's never been a war like this and i'm like aren't all wars like this <laughs> you know they're like it's in a city people are dying i'm like yeah that's happened for sure yeah it's not really uh much different than really any other war i guess it's maybe it's more modern because we have new technologies but it's war <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i just i want to point that out it's just like the the increased level of horror, I, I think it largely comes from a place of, like, whiteness. Like, the shock of seeing, like, white people being run out of somewhere. Like, they were not that concerned about, like, Syria or something, you know? Like, or oh, no. they're, they're not currently that concerned about fucking Palestine. Like, none of that. Like, it's yeah. just not not what they care about. Right. And there are certain areas of the world where the Western media is just like, oh, I mean, you know... A hundred people were killed in a suicide like, bomb. That's the norm. But the, yeah, that that area of the world, it's expected to happen. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, Southwest Asia, perfect example. They'll say, oh, a bombing in the Middle East, that's where it belongs sort of thing. And they won't mm-hmm. say it, but like, this is understood. Yeah, like I had people, like I was going to Norway and Paris and people were like, are you nervous to go there because of Ukraine? I'm like, it's very far away <laughs> Like, no, I'm not. Like, why? What circumstances? Like, that would really have to pop off to get to me. Yeah. Like, everyone should be nervous (laughs) in that case. Yeah, right. But, no, it's, I don't know, it's really complicated in terms of all the moving parts and everything. Uh, I think that Russia is not doing a good thing. No, yeah, that's a bad one. I think it's bad. The Ukrainian government doesn't seem like... You know, it's leadership is maybe or it doesn't seem like I politically agree with them as far as their general platform or whatever. I can't remember what I was reading about the the guy that everyone thought was fucking Superman for a minute there. But then I read something bad about him. I can't remember what it was. Zelensky, he, he was a comedian. I don't know if this. Yeah, he was, he was like a comedian. A comedian or whatever. I don't know anything specifically bad about him policy wise. I'm sure it exists. And I mean, <laughs> with the participation of various, you know, right-wing paramilitary groups there, you know, that's bad. But the the thing is that the thing that sucks about the Ukraine conflict is like both sides really do make copious use of assholes in what they're doing. So you just want it to be over. 
you want everyone to stop fighting, quit it. I can't root for anybody in this sort of, I can root for mm-hmm. the civilians like staying alive, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But everything, I don't know. Anything besides that seems to be just kind of jingoistic militaristic bullshit. Yeah. Like sure. Don't like annex other countries. That That's not a good look for sure. But like, can we just, can we just not, <laughs> Can, can we not blow the other person into smithereens in response? Like, okay, that's also not good. Yeah, and this was really terrible in terms of, like, strengthening NATO. I mean, first of all, it's terrible just because, like, of people dying. Mm-hmm. But geopolitically or whatever, for nerds, uh, <laughs> really bad for, like, NATO, man. Like, that was something that people don't often recall. But Trump talked about, like, NATO kind of waste. You know, why mm-hmm. do we do this? I remember that. And people are like, oh, my God, like how unserious of him. But that was a serious <laughs> candidate, Good as question. jokey as he was or whatever, you know. But that was like an actual political figure saying, like, what about NATO not being a thing? Go go from that to, like, it's sacrosanct again. And it's expanding. I mean, I think they recently added Sweden and Finland to it. Oh, like, shit. Okay. And that, that would have been unheard of beforehand. So that's, that's a... a Really taking a backseat only to the human carnage of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a really terrible outcome for all this. And I, I think overall, like like Rosa talked about, I mean, wars are an excuse for nationalism and militarism and, like, all that shit. I was watching fucking football, and they're, like, holding it on army bases and shit, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, announcer guys or whatever. Yeah. They're, yeah, that was... So weird. I mean, and we've talked about it before that American sports at least like to do their little Department of Defense PSA at the beginning. Oh, it was a much longer one than usual. And this is, it's so, we've lived our whole lives with this. I don't know of older listeners, you guys might remember from before, I think 9-11 was what did this. I think, yeah. And and it just kind of like was hard to claw back. You know, because you can't like no one wants to be the guy that's like, can we not do the pledge? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's it's to, uh, the flip side of that is it has been worse, too. If you look back in like the 1950s and everything of mm-hmm. the height of McCarthyism and everything like you really had to be super patriotic back then, too. So, hmm. yeah, I guess so. It's it's a cycle. Also, we were watching. We saw a commercial for like the World Cup, but it was like basically a promo for the country of qatar yeah (laughs) it was like look how modern we are and like all this shit and it's just like come experience qatar and i was like okay like that was weird i don't know uh they i mean they have a big pr arm uh they also are apparently i think coming out fair fairly full-throated in defense of their very backward social laws that's what i was wondering i'm like aren't you guys like super sexist and homophobic like i don't know how you can show me all the science pictures you want but uh (laughs) that doesn't seem right yeah because they're like they have a world cup ambassador guy named khalid salman who on november 8th described homosexuality as quote damage in the mind (laughs) with an interview i got Uh, brain disease yeah uh, described being gay as haram or forbidden, mm, yeah, Arabic, yeah, which I suppose religiously maybe. I also don't know that. I am not an Islamic scholar or 
practice practicer or really knowledgeable about that faith at all. So nope. it could be one of those things, misconceptions, I guess, that people have, mm-hmm. like about Christianity. It's like, it's not really there, there sort of thing. Yeah, okay. I was reading that like that, like homosexuality, the word being used in the Bible is due to a translation in like 1954. Yeah, there's, because it's not it's literally not there in like the Greek and stuff. It can't, not at all. <laughs> they didn't have that conception of sexuality back then. Yeah. I I think it was something to, to, it was like perverts or something or like sexual deviant. It was something much more like vague. Yeah. So it's, it's like li- just not actually there, but <laughs> then again, there's lots that isn't, uh, you know, Oh yeah. yeah. The whole all of that is, is really a matter of interpretation. Yeah. Like maybe don't put your book on other people. <laughs> Right. <laughs> cool book. I'm glad you like it. They also demanded that uh, World Cup sponsor Budweiser move their beer tents to some sort of different area. Uh, oh, shit. But like, did it kind of last minute like, oh, hey, you got to move this sort of thing. <laughs> well, at least if they didn't like kick them out, like no beer at the World Cup. Like, I don't think like England would show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a mess. And this is not. Qatar and and sort of Gulf states, Gulf states that are aligned with the United States interests uh, <laughs> get sort of a pass uh, in in the press a lot of times and and in terms of public image when they shouldn't like in terms of their social issues and stuff. I mean Saudi yeah. Arabia, you know, with its like uh, sexist laws, uh, homophobic laws, all this. And they have the death penalty. They regularly execute people there, but they—they're not put on the human rights watch or whatever as much because they're playing ball. Whereas Iran, you have similar restrictions and everything, but the difference is they're a geopolitical enemy of the U.S. So interesting, because that was going to be my next big dumb question, which is like, what is happening in Iran right now? I like read a few headlines about some protests and like now they're going to execute like thousands of people or something. And I was like, holy shit, like what is happening? All right. Good question. So there was a lot of protests there. Mm-hmm. Side note, just because we were talking about the World Cup. Um, how bad are our teams, the U.S. and Mexico, going to do? Let's be real. Our real team is Mexico. We usually ditch the U.S. pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. I forgot the group, so I got to look them up. Aren't we with Argentina? Um, no. Or is that the U.S. that's with Argentina? Somebody big is with Argentina. Mexico might be. Let me see. U.S. is with England, Iran, U.S., and Wales. Yeah, Wales is the first one I thought. Yeah. So, U.S. should, I mean, (laughs) they should make it out of the group stage (laughs) because it's the top two that advance the knockout. I don't hold any hope out for them beyond that. That's the best they can pull out, I think. They're not really great this this time around yeah mexico is with argentina oh, saudi gosh. arabia and poland so they should make it out of the, out uh, of yeah, the group stage yeah. you know i think they might can make it to if they're lucky they might can make it to the uh to the next what do you call it the i don't know the one after groups <laughs> the next round they might can make it to the round of 16 mm. Or even if they're lucky, the quarterfinals. But I wouldn't call that. I, yeah, they I haven't don't heard have my enough buzz. Yeah, I haven't heard that they're dominating or anything. But those okay. are the two teams we regularly go for. I always like to see Brazil do well. 
because that that was my favorite team to play as in World Cup '98. Because <laughs> <laughs> a good were, choice. <laughs> yeah, because they were badasses. Yeah. Um, so I like to see them do well, but I will say Wales has a great flag. I saw it on TV the other day, and I was like, "That's fucking killer." It's a fucking dragon. So yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's that might really be the good. best flag. <laughs> Uh, but Nepal has a good flag because it's all triangular and stuff. That's pretty good. Oh, let me look it up. I mean, the best, one one of the good, like, non-communist flags, shall we say. Uh, obviously, those yeah, are yeah. just better, but. Yeah, well, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's a fun shape. Right? That is fun. It looks very nautical. Anyway, what the fuck are we talking about? Iran. <laughs> What's going on over there? Well, they're about to play us in the group stage. More uh, importantly. <laughs> no, no. We're making light of a horrible situation. But there were protests in Iran kind of, I want to say across the country, but, you know, centered in kind of their urban centers called Bloody Friday because security forces kind of open fire on people and kill people in the protests. Uh, What were they protesting? Yeah. So there was the death of someone in custody. uh, Oh, yeah. The girl. Yeah. yeah, a Kurdish woman detained by morality police for allegedly wearing her hijab wrong. Yeah. Uh, and she died in custody and people were like, story you gave us is bullshit, this sort of stuff, and went out to protest. So lots of people were involved in that. And then uh, people were, you know, arrested in connection with it. The their parliament voted in favor of the death penalty for protesters, Ugh. which we're just opposed to the death penalty when, yeah, but also that seems pretty extreme. When <laughs> governments do it, I should say, because <laughs> if you got certain people, and I'm not going to name names, Dave and Dan. So you put down that little, you know, the little satellite thing that you lean out to get better sound. You put that down. Yeah. I'm just saying, I wouldn't mind if some people maybe got it. This is, uh, Christine, kill your prisoners on here. <laughs> yes, so. I learned anything your... <laughs> from Snowpiercer. But Parliament was like, yeah, you got to give them a, a harsh penalty. 227 out of 290 people Jesus. in Parliament said, yeah, do that. That's so many people. Uh, about 14,000 people have been arrested. But that's not something that they just blanket do. Yeah, it's not like all those people get the firing squad. Right. They're an actual country. Like, and this is something that gets mystified, <laughs> I think, in the Western press is just part of it's just racism because it's just like, oh, it's this exotic, you know, Middle Eastern country. And they there's all this sort of like Orientalism of like mm-hmm. they obey the commands of the Ayatollah and all. And like they do have a fairly strict, you know, and not liberal democratic form of government really but they do still have like procedures in place and people who do certain things and ways that they do things so uh, for example this was November 14th that they released a story saying that an Iranian court issued the first death sentence leak linked to the protests so they convicted someone being involved in this who allegedly set fire to a government building convicted them of that and 
sentenced them to death. Five others who took part in the protest received sentences of five to 10 years in prison, convicted of collusion to commit a crime against, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is one of those things about like reading the press from our point of view and everything is like, it's not going to be as sensationalistic, especially as the first impressions come out in Western media, but it's still probably going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not saying like, not a big deal. Like definitely a problem. Like, yeah. Right. Against death penalty. Like it sucks that this person was, was killed in police custody. That was unjust. People seemingly have a good reason to be out protesting. Yeah, absolutely. Mass arrests. Never good. Um, you know, they're not a, Iran's not like a revolutionary government, but like imagining some sort of, state where you have a revolutionary government you know maybe you have to arrest people for trying to do a coup against it or something Mm -hmm. but that's not the case here but on the other hand they're not like actually just waving their hands and saying okay kill them all you know that's not what's happening the article and this is just like a cnn article uh (laughs) i like their tone in that (laughs) just dismissed this is fucking bullshit but uh anyway uh they've charged at least one thousand people in Tehran province for their alleged involvement. Uh, security forces killed at least 326 people since the protests began. That's according to Iran Human Rights. It's an NGO based in Norway. But yeah, that's what seems to be happening there. Again, not like they're guillotining everyone involved, but they are seemingly taking quite the forceful stand here. Now, one thing you got to be careful if you're listening to more right-wing sources or whatever, you say, oh, this is so bad, this is so bad, and you'll, you know, take your eye off them for half a second and they'll be all of a sudden talking about regime change, you know, and, oh, let's do an invasion and all this other stuff. They'll look for any excuse, but. Very true. Very true. Cool. Those are my big stupid questions. Big stupid questions. I'm here to answer them. <laughs> Bring them in whenever you got. If you have your own big stupid question, send them in for yeah. future listener Q and A's. We love those. We love good questions, stupid questions. We're not picky. <laughs> not at all. We like questions. Oh, I read something stupid that was uh, <laughs> is this article or it just you know a little news headline. But apparently, Jeff Bezos, friend of the show. Oh, he donated a bunch? Yeah, well, he said he's going to. Oh, okay. So he's not. Donated a whole bunch. Yeah. So if it's anything like me cutting back on whiskey or whatever, you just, (laughs) you know, you can tell it to somebody else. But Jeff Bezos apparently is graciously agreeing to give away most of his fortune within his lifetime. Like, don't you love these (laughs) caveats here first of all most most how much is that no 50. idea 0.1 percent yeah that doesn't tell me shit and then <laughs> within my lifetime on like, my deathbed i'll be like all right drop it <laughs> <laughs> and it's just go back and listen to our charity episode oh yeah yeah i i remade some points from that on the twitter because i was just like this is money laundering guys this is Money laundering and PR and tax evasion all in one fucking thing. And don't fall for it. Yeah, don't fall for it. Do, you know, don't 
applaud someone. You know, Brother Malcolm X said it best is you don't thank someone for stabbing you. Thank someone who has stabbed you for taking the knife halfway back out of your Mm -hmm. body. How did he get this fortune? And you've seen the memes, right? Of like, uh, if you were at the dawn of man (laughs) and started making like a thousand dollars an hour. Oh, yeah. Right now you would have however many billions and that's like chump change to not even close and and that's like working 24 hours or whatever like it's 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 insane for people to say oh this is some huge gesture like how did he get that money he didn't work for it you know he stole it stole all of it stole absolutely stolen um i so there was something there's a similar story going on about the fucking patagonia guy like Mm. to me that one has like like that's that's the ones the liberals really like because like they're all fucking hikers. Can mm-hmm. you tell I don't like hiking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I don't care. Don't try to, don't email me to Dude, convince me. I'm not going to do it anymore. All right. Here's what I convince you of like chill hiking. Just like, I mean, this is just walking in the woods hiking. I That's get the only hiking bored. I do. I'm not impressed. Uh, well. I got bored by waterfalls in Norway. I ain't going to be impressed by anything. Yeah. I was like, I would like it walking with someone. Like I like hiking with Abby. In that way, or listening to whatever you know, listen to podcasts, listen to music, something. Still got I bored. do like I, I vibe that way, but it has to be like really pretty low effort. I can't <laughs> do like the <laughs> fucking climbing up stuff or whatever. That's I a, mean, no, I just refuse. Like, no, the best part about it is like I like sun tanning. I like being outside. <laughs> <laughs> I like reading a book outside. I like fresh air. I just don't like walking around in it. That is sort of our family's conception, though, of being outside is like, like hanging sitting. out with each other outside. You know, yeah, exactly. Sitting around. <laughs> yeah, we're not an outdoorsy bunch. <laughs> anyway, what the fuck were we talking about? Bezos. Patagonia. Patagonia. Yeah, so that guy was like, oh, I'm going to get donate my whole business. He made it sound like I'm donating all my money to climate change. Motherfucker's opening a nonprofit. Like, wow. Cool. How brave. <laughs> Very cool. Our brave frontline climate soldier. Yeah. I mean, he's got a huge tax break too, so. Yeah, and that's the thing, again, to reemphasize, he stole all that money, Bezos stole all that money, and they didn't do it with, like, the old tactics of get an army together, get guys with swords, and go steal (laughs) the money. It wasn't obvious violence, but it was violence. The violence of threatening to fire you. Exactly. He still used a sword, the sword of hunger, you know, like mm-hmm. the threat of it or, or the sword of homelessness. They still use violence, the threat of violence. It's just, I mean, it's an equal, it's not any less cruel. It's, it's still, really it's not terrible. That's the only reason that people go in and, and, you know, sell themselves. Yep. Rent themselves out to these capitalists by the hour and and i'm not trying to say this in a derogatory way because i do it too i mean i do it too right uh we and and you guys do this it's just something we have to do we're forced to survive it's it's undignified but we share in that lack of dignity and we share the righteous anger of wanting to break free of it and to glorify this guy and say oh well you know look at him giving agreeing to give half of what of, he stole back. Of an un, unimaginable pile 
Like, again, like, do you, do you remember that book, like, in elementary school, in the fucking mouse hole? Do you remember the mouse hole, first of all? Mm. <laughs> that was the best room. That was, I want a mouse hole. Okay, listeners, in our elementary school, we had a uh, tiny library, and it was just for, like, the little kids, I guess, like, first oh, or second okay. graders. Yeah, because I was like, the library itself actually is, like, now, twice the, the was- size of my school's current library but oh fuck that's sad yeah um that wasn't a very big library no but it was fine for an elementary school but yeah the little yeah yeah the mouse hole was like a little it's like a little i mean it was a mouse hole cut out of the wall and you go in um but it was like people sized not mouse size because then you couldn't go in um <laughs> you go in and there were like these sick ass like reclining like kind of like bean bags but more firm those can't have been actually comfortable. They were just comfortable because we were kids. Like they were, we were like we foam fought the fuck out of them. Yeah, they yeah. they were they were foam. Yeah, <laughs> you you had they eventually had to assign us those seats. Like okay, you know, first half of the class gets a seat and second. Dude, half y'all were bad. Like they just oh we, really? We never had to do that. Yeah. Oh, we had to get assigned. They were like, we don't trust these fucking animals. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there are some like plush, not plush, but pleather seats in there. <laughs> vinyl probably um and that's where they had like the like little like children's books and then like we would read stories in there and it was the yeah. fucking best or he'd watch like reading rainbow mm, or... i never i was i was too old for, or young for that yeah that i never cool. got i would love it i mean i love jordy yeah anyway what the fuck were you talking about the mouse hole obviously but um before <laughs> that the oh mouse hole. that we shouldn't thank these people for giving away Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I've had a cup and a half of cider. Uh, this is what happens. I am a total lightweight now. Okay. Do you remember that book though? It was called like "Can You Count to a Million or something or like, and it it was like a it was a sparkly wizard. I remember this wizard very clearly because he was he was goals. <laughs> he looked kind of like the the Merlin in the Disney like Sword in the Stone mm. adaptation. I don't recall this book, but. And it was like the the boy was like, "What's the biggest number?" And he'd be like, "What do you think the biggest number is?" And he'd be like, "A million." He'd be like, "All right, it's a million and one." And like he just like made him keep going. Mm. Um, but like they were trying to show, they were also like trying to illustrate how big a million is. Mm-hmm. And like I remember that book really cl- clearly because like I think about that when someone's like, "No, like a billion." I'm like, "That's that's way too many." That's yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try to Google this book. Hold on. How, it's called How Much is a Million? Oh, dude, this fucking sick wizard. Oh, look, there's a unicorn on the front? Fuck yeah. This book was a gay icon, apparently. Yeah, man. I thought his robe had eggs on it, but there's stars. It's <laughs> like, is that an egg robe? <laughs> Some sunny side up eggs. No, I don't remember this one. That's cool, though. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, they have How Big is a Billion, too? Oh, like that's included in the book. There's an illustration. Because they would like, you know, make all the comparisons, basically, which I think is helpful. Anyway, everyone go read How Much is a Million to get a small conception of, of numbers. I'm too visual. Numbers are hard. It's just crazy. If you had someone rob a bank and they said, hey, don't worry, I'll give half of it back. You <laughs> I don't think that would work for people. Society erupt in applause. Yay. Oh, yeah. I'll give Thanks, ac- actually I'll give half of it back by the time I'm dead. <laughs> so just stick around, and yeah. like you know that guy's getting boy blood, and like he's gonna live forever. Yeah, the dude is never gonna <laughs> die. 
Henry Kissinger will die before he does. Ugh, yeah, Which right. Which is literally probably true, but mm-hmm. I mean it exaggeratedly. But he did a blood curse. We all know that. Yeah, no. It's bizarre between that and and Patagonia and Elon, how many fucking weird beards out there are willing to die on their goddamn sword for billionaires who don't give a shit about them? Yeah, and I mean, I think the easiest inroad into regular people, normies, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> people who are not like full-on leftists or maybe political people, who say, well, isn't it good? You know, people are decided to do good with their money is why have we made the system so unjust to where they have this money to decide what to do with? Yeah. Yeah. For real. Like it's, it's not, you know, for people who are so concerned about deserving things and hard work, like they don't do those things. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of talking to normal people, (laughs) Uh, a holiday approaches more broadly the holiday season, I suppose. But uh, for American listeners anyway, Thanksgiving is approaching. Probably Canada too. Don't they have theirs like early? Oh, What's I don't theirs? know. I don't know about theirs. If it's early or late, it's different. It's different. I know that. It comes on like a specific day, not like ours. It's October 9th. We missed it. Sorry, Canada. Yeah. A belated thank you. <laughs> Just for being you. Yeah. Keep it up, I guess. (laughs) Uh, You are extra great in The Handmaid's Tale. I've been watching that Mm. recently. And Canada, y'all are way better than the U.S. slash Gilead. (laughs) Yeah. Canada fucks in that show. (laughs) Yeah. I never finished it. I think there's like the second half of the end season maybe up now or soon. I'm not sure. I don't actually finish? know. I don't actually know where I am in it or if it's finished. <laughs> but I like it. I like it. You don't know what season you're on, or like I don't know. I'm just watching. Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> do you want to watch the next one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But okay. I don't pay attention <laughs> to the seasons really. All right. But Thanksgiving's approaching, and I think that the libs are always on about like, oh, here are the holidays. How can you talk to your family members, right? Or like. uh you have that one crazy uncle or they, they just have like these kind of like guides to people with like how to maintain your mental well-being or whatever but it's always from the same like basically liberal like liberal democratic perspective or whatever or like it's never from our side so i was thinking what if we what what sort of advice could we give to listeners so i remember when those guides got really hot like around trump like, Trumpy times. Yeah. That's when that was really hot. And what's interesting is that now they've shut down. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. like, as someone who's on the advice column circuit in reading, they just say, like, oh, just don't engage, you know, like, shut it down, like, just, just cut them out. Like, they're very much like, fuck it. And I think that's really telling that, like, under a Biden administration, they're like, yeah, don't, you don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Democracy is no longer at risk. Not a problem. For a while there, it was like, code red. You have to do this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, talk to your family about this. Like, okay, Jesus. Right, like you're supposed to bring like a pamphlet to dinner and say. (laughs) No, they had one that was like a placemat template at one point. Like, oh God, please don't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, So first of all, I would say 
keep in mind your historical materialism. Socialism is not going to be victorious because you are victorious in a logical debate with your uncle (laughs) while watching football. That's just not the battlefield. So socialism is going to win because the contradictions of capitalism will drive it to crisis. Not it's not on your shoulders to convert your family members to the side of the working class. Like that's just not really what's going to win. Yeah, I view it these days in terms of like, what's actually going to affect me while I'm here? You know, like I, I do get a little bit selfish with it of like, yeah, I don't need to like straight up try to convert anyone to socialism. But like if I hear something, you know, racist, like, OK, let's shut that down. We don't need to do that. Yeah, that's fair. I just mean, you know, you can't afford to be easier, easy with yourself in terms mm-hmm. of like the state. The stakes are not that high. <laughs> you and your like family. You know? What if you convert the next fucking Che Guevara, like your your uncle's like, you know what, you're right. He just goes out and starts organizing, like just fucking leads a revolution. It could do it. Yeah. I mean, that could happen, but <laughs> it's it unlikely. Just, yeah. But I mean, I, I think you'd raise a decent point there is that we do, you know, when the revolutionary moment does happen, when capitalism reaches its crisis or whatever. I mean, it's not bad to have recruited, you know, because like you said, what if you do recruit? You know, a good person. I just mean, don't expect to like come out of this with your family being like just comrades to the hilt. You know, you've got your own family <laughs> commune Toast or whatever. to the demise of capitalism at Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be singing the Soviet national anthem, probably. Unlikely. If that is your Thanksgiving experience, please invite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I don't know. Another tip I think is like reading the room listening is a much bigger part of converting people than preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely take a listen to our converting a liberal episode for those kinds of tips. Like people just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be validated and like do that wherever you can in a conversation. Like people, people love that shit. Myself included. And you know, who's really bad about doing that are people trying to convert people or spokespeople for or the actual literal party apparatuses of the Democratic Party and the Republican Oof. Party in the oh United States. These guys are awful at that. And like that's why routinely <laughs> everyone's like, oh, these two parties, they suck, but they're the only choices, lesser of two. It's like there's a reason everyone thinks that way is because they don't listen to people. They don't pay attention to what people want. They just trot out the same bullshit. So, like, you are a breath of fresh air, even if you are, you know, uh, the the reincarnation of Fidel Castro. <laughs> you know, or you're you know you're the you're the crazy. You know, you're the one who went to college and got liberal all of a sudden, or whatever. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Still, you're going to be so relieving to them if you are listening and agreeing and you know empathizing like almost like treat it i think it's helpful to treat it almost not in like a creepy or like dispassionate way but like almost like a fact-finding mission or like a sociological kind of study of like like, therapy or something yeah like just like tell me more about that like what is that like yeah and that's really honestly the work of organizing or the work of what you would have to do 
if you were to roll up your sleeves and go like start your communist book club and start spreading everything in a revolutionary way as you would have to be listening to people from all walks of life of, of swimming among the masses, listening to people, everything from the mass line to union organizing, all that stuff. Organizing is really just listening to people and determining what the needs are and also determining like ideas on how to solve it. Yeah. Yeah. Channeling back to them what they've said with this tinge of kind of because it's a very powerful thing to be like so what you're saying is yeah but with the the slight alterations molding them in the direction you want them to go so what you're saying is you know basically what they said but you're saying like kind of from a perspective that lets them start to see that yeah their boss is the asshole yeah their workplace would be better if they were running it themselves yeah, the only reason they go to their job is because someone pays them to go, and so it's not their, like, real identity. They're alienated from it, and the world would be better if they had meaningful connection to their work and they were, like, tied into a community and all these different things. Yeah, I mean, I think the boss thing, that is such an easy starting point. Like, we've all fucking had a boss that we hate. Like, we've all had a we've all had a manager that's totally useless. Like, we've all experienced that. And it's really easy to point that out in organizations and be like, yeah, that's a fucking waste of time. And, like, you guys would probably be better off if you didn't have them. Like, that's that's super simple. Even if someone is totally bought into the system, like, even, like, getting them that far, I think, is really good because it gets them to question, like, well, why are they making more money than me? Like, why are they there? Like, do we need them? Yeah, and when you start to raise those doubts on specific issues like that, it can lead in a curious mind to further doubts of a system that upholds that unquestioningly. Our system, sure, yeah, there's like, you know, maybe a popular media trope of like the hapless boss and stuff like that. But overall, a system that's like, Damn, isn't it good the billionaires are nice enough to give us this much money? <laughs> you know, is, isn't is it good that we have a peaceful return to democracy now that the election deniers are out or whatever, and it's, uh, you know, everything's back in its hierarchical order? It's just, it's a, it's a system that says kind of like the people who are in charge should be in charge, and it's good. Not to say, because, I mean, the election denier stuff and everything, those guys are assholes. Worse, you know, really, really bad. Uh, but it's just this, the whole thing celebrating itself as like, this is the good system the way it should be. I feel like that's something you want to get people to question. Yeah, definitely. Like the whole, just buying into it and saying, this is, I, I meet so many people who are like, well, that that's just how the world works. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Like so much nihilism in this. And I'm like, if you could just let go of that, like, it's very scary to do. Like, I get it. Like, because if you do that, it, it you then... You pierce that veil, you're in the crisis mode all the time. Welcome, mm -hmm. welcome to my brain, it's terrible. <laughs> um, but I get it, like it's really hard, like one thing I, I, I remember this like very clearly, one thing I did for myself, and like maybe try this if you're having a rough day in the crisis zone, is I made a fake schedule for myself. And I said, this is what I would do if I didn't have to work. And every now and then, like, I mentally return to that place of, like, that's what I'm fucking fighting for. Like, I want a world where I can make art, teach art, infuse the world with that, go have fun with friends, like, all those things. Like, I want time in my life to do that. And, like, that 
that can fuel kind of my needs or my my hatred of capitalism is just like this is keeping me from that future yeah man all right that reminds me of something so our dfw area classical station wrr shout out to them hell yeah i love those guys friends of the show unwittingly <laughs> they the don't know show. it but friends of the show i mean we listen to them on almost every road trip together so <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that's what i listen to in the morning and they often play an ad that says imagine a world without this and then they play like mm. a, you know da, 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 or you know just some sort <laughs> yeah, of classic yeah some sort of well-known classical music motif and uh, yeah, they're like wrr we're great you know we bring you the classical music uh, but lately, uh, when they played that, I've kind of like looked around while that's happening. And this is my morning commute. It's not bad DFW standards or whatever, but it's like almost a half hour sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? That's pretty good for DFW yeah, standards. It's not bad, but. Not bad. It's daily. It's an hour total. And. I look around and I'm like, yeah, man, imagine a world without this commute. Not without this little (laughs) song thing, but I'm like, you know. And so one thing I've started to do is, well, as an attempt to sort of tone down my, the edge of my anger uh, (laughs) with other drivers, as you know, that can be. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been in that. Animated. Um, It's a problem. Don't don't be like that. (laughs) Be, be chill. Yeah, please, for your blood pressure at least. Uh, <laughs> I've started to try to think of, when you know, if I can bring this as a conscious thought in my mind, to think of my fellow drivers as like fellow deprived bus and train passengers or would-be pedestrians, you know? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that a lot. I I had to go to the airport and then my flight got canceled and then like I, I had to go back and I'm like, I just spent like $100 on Uber just like going to and from the airport. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And like we're all displaced in this, you know, dystopian situation instead of, you know, instead of being in these robust public free transportation network options, you know, and and even, you know, the the real bastards who are slowing you down these big freight (laughs) vehicles and things 18 wheelers and all first of all they're on your side class wise they're just at their Mm -hmm. job but second of all there would be a fifth of them because they're just doing like the last mile work and everything everything else would be on trains uh freighted to where it needs to be and then you just have trucks going from there to their local areas Plus, I mean, we just have like a socially planned like system. You'd have neighborhoods with their needs localized, like we were talking about with the Soviet neighborhoods yes. and everything. Yes, been thinking about that a lot lately. It's just, you know, like you're saying, it can fuel you in terms of this sort of righteous anger, this sort of. It's like a righteous hope. Yeah, that's the other side of it too. Is like a dream for what could be better. And why should you keep getting up and reading about stuff and or organizing? If you're really actually out there doing the organizing, say, why should you be doing that? Or why should you be talking to people who are doing the real work and everything and trying to encourage people? Because we never know, like you and I, we never know if we're going to reach that person who's going to, you know, is not a great man of history, but you do still need actors who are 
going to be that catalyst in the right moment when everything strikes and you've had your false starts and all of a sudden, you know, years start to happen in weeks. We never know when we're going to reach that person who gets the, you know, who takes us to that point. They find the archives of this podcast somewhere. <laughs> they find, here's the scene. It's, it's an orange sky because of like nukes or whatever. <laughs> Zoom in on a crumpled white van. The little satellite's still kind of lazily rotating in the <laughs> nuclear sun. A scavenger appears with a gas mask on his head and they poke through the van. And what do they find? Dave and Dan. Recordings. Dave and Dan said bodies, obviously. Um, and then also uh, recordings of all of our recordings. <laughs> They've got them, like, listed, you know. TMC. They have them annotated. <laughs> yeah, TMC 019. Damn, Death that was number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got, they like, flag a, all of our death threats. a conspiracy, like, yarn board thing, you know. <laughs> Where do they live? Okay, they've mentioned this place and this neighborhood. And then they have like circled six times from Prada to Nada. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> There's like a thumb through copy of the dispossessed yeah. and veins. What if we accidentally radicalize either Dave or Dan? Who do you think which Dave or Dan? Which one? I think Dave. Dave? I'm thinking Dan. He's okay. always second fiddle. He's always secondly named, you know? Mm, that's he's thinking, true. what's up with this? Like, Why is Dave my boss? Right. Think Dave's, about it, Dan. Dave's always getting the promotions. He's always, you know, and, and the reason is because he's sucking up to the upper, you know, to, to the upper management and everything, but he doesn't know how to run this thing as well. I do. Like, I, you Think know, how good you could be at your job without Dave. Dan, come on. How many <laughs> potential radicals can you, you know, disrupt or entrap into doing some sort of federal crime that you sell them the explosives <laughs> for? Come on, Dan. You can do uh, this. I, I started reading and I got too depressed. So I stopped. But someone had posted a bunch of excerpts from this uh, book called like Heroin and the CIA. And I was like, holy shit. Like it was pretty wild. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> the number one terrorist organization in the world. The United number States one, government. Drug dealers. <laughs> drug dealer, terrorist organization, just merchant of death. Supreme bar none. United mm -hmm. States. Great job, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, to make your Thanksgiving a little happier, maybe, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been reading, watching, gaming, consuming in general. What are you into? What's in? What's hot and what's not? Hot and not. I got to be honest, nothing I say is going to be in the hot category for sure. <laughs> what? I'm going to act like it is. I'm okay. going to respond as if it is. What's, What's hot? In? Playing Victoria 3. Oh, shit. It's hot. Yeah. All the cool people are doing it. Actually, I did see a tweet about it that like people are accidentally getting radicalized with it. <laughs> but, yeah. There's like socialism and communism in it, which and you can bring that about. Uh, I was... My first playthrough, which is the only one I've got, because it takes forever, even if you're running it mostly at full speed and just kind of pausing to deal with stuff, you know, uh, was this Hawaii. So Ooh. listeners, I guess, and you probably and don't really know much about this game. I don't. I've read a tweet and that's it. Have you heard of a... Like all of my news consumption. <laughs> Have you <laughs> I heard of a, a game called uh, Crusader Kings? Maybe I've told you about this. Yes. This is which all from one is a, that? a game studio called Paradox. 
So Crusader Kings is like medieval times. You control a character who's in control of like either a country, like an entire nation, or maybe just like a a county within that. Like you're, you're all right, kind of like Civ or any of that shit. It's so yeah, it's like Civ plus The Sims, sort of of like mm. you are doing these interpersonal relationship stuff, and you're mm-hmm. like controlling your dynasty. Okay, so okay. they have that kind of game series they have um victoria which is the third iteration of it which is that but like in the victorian age oh uh, so 1836 to 1936 is the time frame there can't be great times for hawaii in this case yeah in this case you're like the leader of a nation but it's less dynasty stuff and more like you're you control that nation mm-hmm. basically regardless i think of who is in charge then you have they also run Hearts of Iron, which is set in World War II. Same idea. You're in charge of a country. Same thing. And then Stellaris, which makes a jump into the future. Yeah, I remember that one. Of like, it's the same thing, but in space. You're in charge of a fucking okay. space empire or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> it's like real. It's like a, a grand strategy game sort of thing. You're trying to conquer or you're trying to like run your country. I'm less of a conqueror usually. I'm more of like trying to run my country well. So I played as Hawaii starting in 1836 and it was fucking tough. I bet that's not a great time to play as Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were having the best of times. Listeners, you can listen to our Hawaii episode <laughs> to get kind of the scoop on this. But it was very hard to do because I was simultaneously trying to like do researches and stuff and push my country towards socialism, but also trying not to get overthrown by like the right wing, like the conservatives and the military and it was just fucking hard. And so, like, I kept having to do all these balancing stuff. I'm I'm in, like, 19... I almost... I think I'm in the 1920s now. Hawaii is still independent. It's still, it's like, its own monarchy. Nice. Uh, oh, still a monarchy, every, Well, every time I try to get rid of the monarchy, the military <laughs> and the right wing start to try to do a coup mm-hmm. to prevent it. And... I basically just have to give up because they're about to like do a coup on me. <laughs> Meanwhile, at least the bright side is America has splintered into lots of different <laughs> factions. So at least there's that. That's great. Fantastic. Mexico lost Texas and then Texas was briefly annexed to the U.S. Uh, but then they were lost and they became part of um, like new Africa. Whoa. Yeah, there was this big, like, new Africa revolt or something in America. And then that (laughs) splintered into different groups of, like, the African proletarian revolt, the African something like a a peasants or a people's. It was was like the the country people revolt. There was also Mm -hmm. the new Africa thing stayed, like, as as, black industrialists. Interesting. And then you also had the Confederate States of America in one of the groups. And, but then you had like the radical Confederate States of America. And I think the Confederate one had like the Confederate flag with like a hammer and sickle, like <gasps> gear and hammer symbol oh in the center. Gosh. It was barbaric to look at. No, 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 no. We can't have that. 
And then at some point, America had an American capitalist revolt that got crushed and reabsorbed <laughs> back into the United States of America. There's also the free state of America, which is Long Island, but it's a it's an absolute <laughs> monarchy that broke away from because apparently what? Russia took that over, and I, it's, it's a completely. I love world. that. Yeah. So That's it's amazing. It's beautiful, like uh, altering history stuff. I can't recommend it I enough. I love that. This is seriously just one playthrough and I'm not really doing a lot. Like I'm trying to manage like Hawaii's internal stuff. So I'm not like attacking other countries, but it's just fun to watch like crazy shit happening. Jeez, that's nuts. I wish I had the patience for those games, but I do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. They're, it's It's tedious in a way, but. On the other hand, compared to other Paradox titles, I think it's very streamlined. So you can put effort into what you want to put effort into. I mean, in contrast, I'm playing fucking Ooplets. It's the dumbest game. I love it so much. Do you like it? Yeah, I got. I picked that up the other day, too. And <laughs> it's just so cute. It's so cute. It's like Animal Crossing plus Stardew plus Pokemon. But the instead of battling, it's dance battles. <laughs> so dumb i love it yeah and <laughs> it's like easy i think it's easy very it oh it's very easy feels good it's just like mm, nice let me do my little tasks and pet my cute little pets and make them do dances it's so fun highly recommend yeah it's very goofy i love the writing like it's really quite funny and clever at times and like yeah. it's a little sassy and yeah i love it i love when i come into town basically right in on a ship and i'm repeatedly having to tell people like i don't have any money sorry <laughs> it's, yeah, here. it's hilarious I'm, you're just like oh, what's up I'm a broke ass bitch like sorry <laughs> and everyone's it's like that's cool good. you kind of suck here's, but it's okay here's a house <laughs> <laughs> all right it's uh, great which of the clubs did you join again um, the front buns, uh, the cute ones, the ones that said that they're all about cute. Cause I'm like, well, obviously. Yeah. Okay. I, I chose the mim pins. It's like the nerdy ones. Yeah. I just pulled it up. Uh, the club for clever people who aren't very good at social interactions. <laughs> there like, you go. Why'd you call me out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I guess I'll join that. I did look at the other ones just to make sure. I did too. But. I was tempted by like the nature one because I thought the girl was cute and the, the, the starter pet they get was very cute. Yeah. It's like a little mushroom guy. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's cute. But I love, I love, my starter is an idiot. He looks like my cat. He's got big fucking empty eyes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Tud. His name is Tud. From Buns are the club for sweet cuties who love cute things. That's accurate. Very adorable. It's super cute. Recommend. Yeah, it's just adorable i don't know it's chill and adorable recommend like you can't have a bad time playing that <laughs> like, what if you were losing at ooblets like what would that even look like you're doing a real bad job i don't know <laughs> what you're doing like okay but also stardew can you you know what happens in the most direst of straits and Stardew? really nothing right like you just don't have a lot of money but you're fine yeah, I mean, the only thing I've seen, uh, just because I'm on, like, Stardew Twitter, is that, like, so if someone, like, dies in the mine, like, you lose shit that you hold on to. And, yeah. like, you could lose, like, if you're holding a bunch of really valuable stuff, which I'm like, why are you holding well, such valuable stuff? But that's Prada Tanata. That's not, like, really suffering. That's, like... It's not. Yeah. Like, you're fine. Like, you're, you're never like, oh, God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to 
barely survive in Stardew. <laughs> yeah, you're. It, you can't die. Like, I'm a bad player of Stardew. Half the time, no, I'm just fishing. Yeah. Like I just fuck off and <laughs> fish entire mountain, days away. Man. Yeah, a rugged outdoorsman. And it's like it's fine. My guy doesn't really need to eat and stuff. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I I try to optimize, but I don't go nearly as hard as some people. They're like, here's my, you know, they grit out their fucking farm and shit. And yeah, I'm like, this is too much. No, it's cool. Like I like to look at their finished, mm-hmm. you know, products or whatever. But I, it's not me. I'm Mm-mm. too bohemian or something. <laughs> Rustic. Uh, what are you watching? Oh, I'm not watching a lot. I'm mostly watching the British Baking Show, and that only comes on once a week. So, yeah, watching that's that, the main thing. Their tacos, their tacos, the s'mores they did. Mm. That was every time they have an American food, they're like, "The key here is it's got to be huge." <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it. Like I said, I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale. And it's just kind of funny sometimes because uh, I'll sometimes turn to Abby and be like, this was like 20 fucking 18. Like, how did they? Because <laughs> they have this big attack on the Capitol. Stuff. Like, they just have weird stuff oh, yeah, happen. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I forgot about that. That's one of my things that I like to do is watch stuff way late and <laughs> just read read stuff into them and like just be completely divorced from the initial... Uh, uh, cultural talk about it, you know, like, oh, this is, you know, the water cooler talk is they used to do, I guess, but. Yeah, yeah. I was very into it when it first came out, um, and I kept up with it for the first few seasons. I don't remember, I don't remember where I left off, like, probably, probably the last or next to last season that's on right now. Like, I, I don't think I've watched didn't that. Didn't you say I, that Bradley Whitford is in eventually? Bradley Whitford is in it. And he's always just like aces or something. I haven't seen him yet, so <laughs> I'm not that far. Okay, so you're not that far. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're far, but not that far. Yeah. I mean, I the most I've thought about it lately is that, like, remember when that Kate Bush song got really popular because of Tra- Stranger Things? Yeah. Some people were like, all these freaking kids discovering her because of Stranger Things. I'm like, I discovered her because of Handmaid's Tale, so I am no better. Like, chill. <laughs> <laughs> when does that her, come Don't in? get me wrong. There's a couple. They do a cloud bursting in one season. Uh, that's later, I oh, think. Oh, there's multiple songs. It's not the and one And then song. they do Woman's Work. Uh, that's earlier, I think. Maybe season two or something. I don't. If I had to guess. Sorry. You're not uh, a big Kate Bush right. person. Right. I, I only know the one song from Stranger Things. That's. I mean, it's the best one. It's a good song. Or maybe the second best one. I really like cloud bursting or cloud busting. I can't remember the name of it, but I like it. Bop and beat. Bop and beat. Um, reading. What are you reading? Uh, I'm rereading Dune. Oh, I, a guy in the plane next to me was reading Dune, and I wanted to talk about it, but I also didn't, so I didn't. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, good story. I'm, I'm rereading Dune. Uh, it's good. It's. I mean, it's a sci-fi classic. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. And it's good. It, if you want to read about time and getting fucked up in the desert, and ecology, <laughs> and ecology. And a little bit of economics, I guess. Not as much, but no. mostly. Mostly like cartel or like, uh, you know, maybe a little bit rosy of like cartelization and stuff and, and the like monolithic nature of, in their sense, interstellar trade, but like world trade or whatever, you know, it does have aspects of that and very fuzzy 
very not scientific genetic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, um, I really enjoyed Dune. I, I thought it was a super well written book. Like, I, it's very, it felt very lyrical in some ways, and like. I think they did a, he just did a great job of fucking with time with words. Cause that's hard to do. I was just like, man, you really got me. <laughs> yeah. It's super well written. So definitely recommend yeah. that nonfiction wise. I've been still sort of tepid. I've actually just started taking notes because I'll read some of it and then like forget it the next time. <laughs> so I want to have like a running record of what I've read, uh, with Giovanni Origi's the long 20th century. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've sort of teased a little bit of it in in early recordings and stuff, but it's really interesting and something I mm-hmm. want to do a full report on in the future. Yeah, let's do a book report on that when you're done. I am pretty much routinely outsmarted throughout <laughs> this book. And it's one of those where, like, he, he also will just cite people and, I mean, like, academic-wise and just quote, yeah. you know, parentheses, so-and-so, page what... I don't know who that is. Like, good luck. You got me. I'm gonna assume so and so was right. Yeah, <laughs> or wrong, depending on what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a lot, but it's very interesting in terms of something that we should some someday do a full episode on itself is like world systems theory, like this idea. You know, it's basically zooming out. It's like modern Marxism in terms of like analyzing, because he was analyzing, you know global capitalism and stuff and trying to figure out what it was doing and its mechanisms. And that's the same thing this does is zooming out to try to both encompass like the nation state actions and and geopolitics and everything and economic maneuvers and all that, like the whole thing and just trying to explain why are people doing what they're doing. And we use some of the terms we use like, you know, core and periphery and semi-periphery, all these things. That comes from world systems theory, which is what he's talking about here. So it's dense shit. <laughs> yeah, that sounded confusing. Just that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's it's dense as fuck. It's interesting. And it's one of those that makes me feel like I'm getting an inside scoop on the way the world really works. Sort of thing. Oh, you're seeing behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am on the other end of the spectrum, just fucking reading YA fantasy books, just, just reading Tamora Pierce. She's She's got my ass, man. Like, I'm just going to read everything she's ever written. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I grew up reading her Lioness Quartet series. There were signs I was queer pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a, a girl becoming a knight and who has complicated feelings about gender. Didn't use the same terms, yeah. I guess, but like, I don't know, very up my alley. There's also a talking cat and magic. So, yeah, I'm in. So that series is great, obviously. I reread that, like, every couple of years just to revisit it. But um, I recently, like, I've, I've talked about on the show. I got a library card, so I've been plowing through just the rest of Tamora Pierce's work. It's been amazing. Awesome. What else? Um, also, like, what I would call kind of cozy fantasy. So um, one is called uh, The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. And then also The House by the Cerulean Sea. Different authors, but both very, like, it's it's magic, but set in the modern times. I don't know. It's about, like, found family. And just, like, it's very cute. Like, there's a romance in both of them. Like, it's just, it's adorable. Adorable shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, what is, so what differentiates cozy 
fantasy? Is it just that it's cute? I think so. Um, uh, another, so with both of those, they had like pretty big conflicts. I, I would say like, they're still like, yeah, some shit, some real shit could go wrong here for sure. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's not like high fantasy where like, you know, the world doing wars and like, you know, someone's getting assassinated mm-hmm. and shit like that. It's less violent usually. Just, yeah, a little more like more emotionally grounded stuff like that. Oh, another one that's really good is Legends and Lattes. I had to wait a long time to get this book in, but it's like, it's about a D&D adventurer. I mean, they don't use the term D&D, but it's like a fucking fantasy orc lady. (laughs) (laughs) She retires from adventuring. and It's all about like what she does afterwards and like trying to find a new life like outside of violence. It's really good. Highly recommend. So speaking of D&D... Um, me and my friends have, have started a new, uh, campaign. Oh shit. You're cheating on our group. Yeah. I've, I've been in multiple other groups <laughs> the whole time. Polyamorous yeah, D&D group. The whole time. And I'm playing in this one. So I'm not running. Ooh, that's always fun. Yeah. And it's, it's set in, um, a system called like monster of the week or something i've heard of that yeah i listened to some podcasts with that okay uh yeah i am familiar it's like you're, you're basically rolling d6s the whole time uh which and it sounds pretty you know kind of loosey-goosey in that regards rules yeah yeah it's a lot more story driven i think in that way less less mechanics yeah and uh my friend steven is running it yeah you know him and he's setting it in 1919 in appalachia oh is it just because you read that book about it yeah <laughs> it's because he read uh, uh the devils in these their hills or whatever uh them there what what did they what did it, what was it called let me actually was cite just that the, right have you heard uh the joke about the non-binary prospector no he would say there's gold in them their hills uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the devil is here in these hills uh, that's go. the one that I mentioned that I had thought about reading and he, you know, and, and that's all that whole history of the battle of Blair mountain and everything, which is a little bit later than what we're set in. But I mean, the whole thing is centered on this like county mining. that has, yeah, it's, it's like a coal town and like there's uh union organizer going on. Uh, my other friend Dave is playing a union organizer down <gasps> in Pittsburgh. This is great. Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, I rolled up my character. He's going to be like a conspiracy theorist guy. <gasps> yes. Uh, his name is Jedediah, but he goes by Jed. Great. Eugene Lomax. Wow. Love it. Love it. So yeah. what? They, so there's usually, I think they have archetypes in that game system. What yeah. archetype are you? So he's going to be the flake, which is like the conspiracy Ooh. theory guy, which he's okay. always drawing connections and, you know, seeing seeing things that that mm. people aren't thinking about i and love that that's he's fun. got like a, a in the rule set it's it's like internet friends but i'm gonna make it like he has all these connections like oh yeah you know i know a guy down dmv he can <laughs> he can pull anything down or, or like i know i know a fellow down in the mail room he talks to them government boys down from hoover's department so he's got all that figured out sort of thing i love it i love it yeah <laughs> that's very good so that should be fun, and I just love like the, the you know maybe not quite red, but you know pink little tinge oh, we've yeah, got to this yeah. game. There is a tinge for sure. <laughs> That's lovely. 
So I'm excited to play more of that. We had our session zero where we kind of like establish our characters and like set relationships and stuff. And it was super fun. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a way to start getting some ideas out there with your friends. Just make your next D&D campaign a little bit leftist. The modern day <laughs> book club is a D&D campaign. <laughs> Vladimir Lenin oh today would be running a D&D campaign. How is that not like a vulture title, like a, a headline? <laughs> like, yeah, are, like, are D&D clubs the next book club? <laughs> a think piece in the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you may please. think it a strange place to find the next Joseph Stalin. <laughs> but look to your, yeah. <laughs> but look beyond the stereotypes of snack chips. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, the main... Uh, the moral of today's story is start a D&D group, uh, <laughs> radicalize them, make the bad guys rich and greedy. And keep, I mean, I, I don't know. I've always done that in my campaign. I feel yeah, like. you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my campaign I run was mostly like prejudice, I guess, was the bad guy. But yeah, yeah that's so. a good one, too. If you need to start with some libs, you can start there. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Easy. Well, listeners, I just texted my husband to bring me a pizza because I've had a lot of cider. And he just said no, which <laughs> is unacceptable as an answer. Maybe he's bringing you something better. We'll see. He's like, I brought you two pizzas. <laughs> oh, I would take that. Or pizza and cheesy bread. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay, well, I have to figure out how to feed myself. All right. <laughs> we don't have luck. any food. We keep <laughs> leaving the house, so there's just no food. It happens. Yeah. We're in one of those ruts. <laughs> All right. I'll let you go then. Listeners, stay strong. Uh, oh, what are we doing next week, listeners? Next week, we're going to learn about Kwame Nkrumah. That's right. The first prime minister and president of Ghana. Nice. Uh, leading it to independence nonviolently from Britain. Uh, winner of the Lenin Peace Prize. Mm. Uh, all around cool dude. Not, you know, always going to do everything right, but. Who does? Hey, yeah. Who does? We'll, we'll count of strikes. <laughs> Overall, we'll kind of get into his ideas, his actions, the goal of Pan-Africanism, how this whole, he's, he's very socialist. I mean. Even from my first readings of him, he gets checked out by the authorities multiple times for suspected ties to communism. So, like, that's cool. Always a good start. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll get into it. Kwame Nkrumah. Okay. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. See ya. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts. Or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to 
are notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up and coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.